Microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. Forgive the interruption, but I believe this requires your attention. Meanwhile, at the above-ground underwater suborbital volcano lair... Sergeant, we need a response team. We're already putting together the best man. With all due respect, sir, so am I. I have a plan. (laughs) It's real! Mighty Marvel Geeks. That's what we call ourselves. Sort of like a team. Team? No, no, no. We're a chemical mixture that makes chaos. We're we're a time bomb. Well then, son, you've got a condition. Your show about all things Marvel with Mike, Kylan, and Eric. What a bunch of losers. I am Groot. That I did know. These people may be isolated, unbalanced even, but I believe with the right push, they can be exactly what we need. Suit up. I'm bringing the party to you. I have indeed been uploaded, sir. We're online and ready. And welcome to another issue of Mighty Marvel Geeks. It is the Intrepid Trio. Kylan, Eric. Are you Hello? <laughs> Wait, sorry. And Mike, how are you guys doing? I am Groot. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm good. I, I, I'm not Groot. I, I gotta say, I I want to thank Tascam again for being a sponsor of the show, um, and I also want to thank CAD Audio as well, as you heard their their thing at the start, because these interfaces we've got has the effect button, and this is where Eric just did the radio one, and I did the the female voice one, and the female voice one is perfect for the juvenile Groot. I am Groot. I am Groot. So. <laughs> That was uh that was manly Groot. Oh. Yeah, that was a baby Groot. Sorry. That that was Groot after the teenage years. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah, after puberty hit. I am Groot. No, no, no. It's like this. I am Groot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um how are you guys doing? I know Eric, we caught you off guard bringing you on incognito. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. You kind of snuck up on me on that one. Fortunately, yeah, it was. Uh, fortunately, the friend that was uh, with with me, she was. She was just kind of like. She, I said, just, just, just roll with it. Just roll with it. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, what did you think when you went back and listened to the episode? Uh, who says I've gone back and listened to the episode? <laughs> and by the way, it's not an episode; it's an it's issue, issue because we have issues. Yes, we do. Yeah. We do. Lots of them. Um, no, I have not had a chance to go back and and listen to the issue. Uh, I will say we had fun getting you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I definitely was gotten. Man, and Kylan has been forewarned. Next time he's gone, it could happen to him. <laughs> oh, and uh, I know where I'm going to be the the next time that I I plan on not being on the show, and uh, <laughs> that's going to be interesting. <laughs> Is that going to yeah. be at, at uh, Dragon Con? That will be at Dragon Con. Yes. Oh. I have not been to Dragon Con in a couple of decades now. Yeah. And that that makes me feel really, really old. You know. Uh, Dragon Con is uh, awesome. When, when oh, is yeah. Dragon Con usually? Is uh, it Labor around? Day weekend. Oh. Labor Day weekend. 
I used to go religiously every year. And let's see, there was a uh, oh, it's a hotel I always went to, and I can't remember the name now. Uh, uh, is it the, uh, the the Hyatt? No, I never could order quick enough to get like one of the con hotels. It's, right. It was only like a couple of blocks away, though. See, I I could I could stay in a place about an hour hour and a half away. Well, hour and fifteen away. It's called my parents' place. Just outside of Athens, <laughs> we might have to do a, uh, a Dragon Con meetup one night, one year. Oh, oh, that'd be awesome! And if it's labor, if it's traditionally Labor Day weekend, yeah, we could possibly pull this off. And then, because we could turn it into a family trip on my end, and not have to worry about taking Zoe out of school. Hmm. Ah, not a not a bad idea. And I and I know. I know probably Zoe and Melissa might not want to go, but that close? Could possibly Never pull know. it off. Never know. Mm-hmm. Could be intriguing. Just a bit. Though so um, the, the less driving you want to do around Atlanta, the better. True. Yes. I'm just yeah. I'm just telling you. But if there's a if there's a Hilton. Oh, there's a Hilton. Oh yeah. <laughs> there's definitely a Hilton around there. Oh, we could go split on a room, and I could make it real affordable for you guys. Oh, there you go. I'm talking real right. affordable. Now, so talking let's about talk some Marvel. How about some intriguing Marvel? Let's um, do it. We, we know the the famed secretary over at Marvel, uh, Flo. Oh, I can't remember her last name. She just passed away. Uh, oh yes, yes. Um, she passed away like during Comic Con. Yeah. Oh gosh. Yes. Uh, uh, dang it! I'm trying. I'm trying to think. It, it's. I'll get there in a second. Flo Steinberg. Yeah. Okay. You got there in a second. Yes. Well, she had passed away. Well, the women of Marvel, the Marvel editors, went to a Ben and Jerry's, I think close to Marvel headquarters, and got milkshakes. Heather Antos, editor or assistant editor on Gwenpool, on Star Wars, posted a selfie of the crew in her honor because Flo liked to go out and get treats and whatnot posted in her honor the women getting milkshakes at this Ben and Jerry's it apparently started an outroar oh maybe it's because of because of this Marvel Comics is such crap yeah and and I'm like no wait because because a bunch of girls decided to go out on a milkshake run one evening after work seriously after work after work on a friday after work, after work. and it, somehow that magically translates into crappy comics yes yeah in their world it does okay in their world i'm sure everything is run off of unicorn slobber and all the rainbows have saddlebags full of money at the end of them but we're talking the real world <laughs> ain't no way ain't no way an after work milkshake run is going to lessen the quality of the products that you get out of marvel now earlier no. in the week earlier in the week surprisingly from a f- a f- female Twitter user attacked Heather about her qualifications to be an editor at Marvel. What? Now, here, here, here's the thing that I find funny with that. This Twitter user is supposedly an artist who I guess is possibly aspiring and trying to do cartoon art. I'm <laughs> like, you just pissed up the wrong tree. All right. Uh, you know what? All right, here we go. Here we go. 
I got, I got to, I got to preach. I got to preach. I'll sit right back. Go ahead, go ahead, take the shirt. We're gonna sit right back okay. and hear a tale. A tale from this will from not Agent be a three-hour rant. I promise. <laughs> we don't have three hours. Uh, See, here's the thing. I have worked in the industry. I will never get to the realm to the to the level of the industry that I aspired to going in. Because let's face it, if you are any at any point in the industry, what is your desire? Your desire, your ultimate desire, your wildest dream is to work at either Marvel or DC. Yep. You cannot you cannot tell me you go up to somebody who's working as an artist or you go to a convention you see somebody drawing Wolverine as a sketch you try to tell me that person does not want to work for Marvel or DC you tell me that somebody who has wrote this fan fiction that they have sent to a publisher a, a small run print publisher that they don't want that they want to get into comics but they don't want to work at Marvel DC or or if they're the writing fan fiction is, they don't want to be the next 50 shades of gray the oh, thing so. is you don't go from a complete unknown to working at Marvel or DC no no you, you don't. don't no you don't you no. don't you have to build up cuz you know what for every single one of you or me that has worked at some point in the industry and i use the industry quote unquote it Let's be honest. The company that I work for is a company called Dagger Comics. is based in Montgomery, Alabama. You will never remember them. You probably never heard of them, and you have no legitimate reason to have heard of them because we only had uh, we only had three titles. We d- we ran for about a year, and ironically enough, our, the last thing that we published was our Origins issue. But you know what? I got to work in the industry. Yep. That is just me. My little rinky dink experience is far in a way what a what many many thousands of people will ever get to and if you think and if you think you have any place to criticize these people for having gotten to that spot then the problem is not with them my friend it is with you (laughs) yes Yep. Because Marvel and DC, they have their pick. They can choose whoever the crap they want. Yep, they can. And they know they're talking about you know any decision they make could have ramifications into the hundreds of thousands of dollars, if not the millions of dollars. Yep. And, and if you so, they are not going to pick some Johnny off the street who decided to get his fan fiction printed at some little small run publisher. Now. I will tell you, I have seen the director of talent, talent uh, recruitment or director of talent at Megacon. Don't be surprised if he's not at other shows or people from that department are at other shows. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, you could be an artist alley. You might be scouted. I'm sure DC has the same thing. Yeah. But getting milkshakes questioning an editor who's female on whether you know that she's the problem with why like no heather does some very successful books the star wars franchise on one to be a part of that and to help pitch thrawn and put that bug in their ear because she was even doing that at celebration Mm-hmm. I'm not, in, in all honesty, I think they knew at Celebration Thrawn was coming. Oh yeah, oh yeah, but, you know oh, yeah. they did. But, but there, there's, there was no way you could, you could have 
announced Thrawn and taken away the thunder from Timothy Zahn, who released Thrawn at Celebration. Yeah. But yeah. you don't, you don't do that. That's a class yeah. act from Marvel. Sorry. You know, even with some of the other issues Marvel has, that's a class act right there. Now, right. you may not like somebody's work. You may not like the way that somebody is, is doing their job as editor. You may not like the work that a particular artist is doing. You may not like the work that a particular writer is doing. <coughs> Nick Spencer. <coughs> but the thing is, don't question their qualifications to be there. No. Because, no. because these people have been hired by people who know more than you or I do. Right. Now, if you think you can do the job, either put up or shut up. Go apply. See if you get the job. You know, I, I, I made the mistake. I, I made the mistake. I know better. I knew better of uh, reading uh, some of the replies. Uh, there there was a, a, a website, I think it's the Mary Sue, that picked yep. this up earlier in the week. And I, I made the mistake of reading the comment section. I know you never read the comment section. No. And your IQ drops 80 points just when you start reading. Oh, and I... You know, there, and there was this one person who had a very, they were questioning what, the why the hate, you know, why this, right? And the one person, their response, the reason why they're upset, uh, why they, they, they don't understand why more people aren't upset over this picture, because they get up and they go to work every day. Think about that for a moment, guys. This guy's reason, oh, oh, uh, and this bro flakes, yeah, because I wrote about this in my blog this week, and I I came up bro flake i'm kind of proud of that so this bro flake was mad because he gets up and he works every day you know uh, what hello when the club sparky so do we all like, and so know, does I'm she like, and she works very, very hard i'm like you know, having to be creative on a regular basis and having to be able to maintain the level of quality that marvel is known for especially you know on, oh my god go ahead just, no go, go no no go ahead dude because I'm 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 gonna rant. So no, you go ahead. No, I will tell you this. When I worked at Dagger, that was some of the hardest I ever busted my butt. Because you have you have deadlines, okay? It, you think that you think, especially if you've never done it, you think that just oh, oh, I get to edit a comic book or I get to work on a comic book is just sitting around living the life of luxury with with money to throw away. Let me, let me no. tell you, fellow, it ain't that way. Well, it's like when the C three PO one shot came out. Who whoever dropped the ball and that being late? Guess who's riding their butt on it? Heather mm-hmm. and Jordan. Hello, where is this? It's all in you. What's going on? Yeah. And the way that a comic book is put together, you basically, you have to work backwards. It's kind of like, okay, our on-shelf date is August 9th. Well, now you've got to factor in from that point, start working backwards. How long is it going to take to get from the printer to the stores? How long is it going to take the printer to print it and get it ready to ship? All right. Yep. So now let's say, let's say it takes two weeks to get them out to the stores. It takes two weeks for the printer to print. So now automatically it's got to be, what did I say, August 9th? It's got to be July 9th. Everything's got to be done and sent off. So now you've got a time that the editors got to work on it. you got the, the letterers got to work on it. The colorist. Wow. Everything works back. I mean, it's so many moving parts that go together. 
And, you know, if, if just one of those cogs in the process, you know, gets a snag, then it's like a traffic jam. Yep. And then let's not forget with Star Wars or any other external license deal, be yeah. it IDW with the Hasbro titles or whoever, um, you got to go back to that license licensor uh-huh. and get stuff cleared. Yeah. 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 Like in the case of Star Wars, it's kind of passed muster through the story group. Yep. That's something we've known about for what, two years now? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, talking and, to Jason Aaron, and, and he says anything he does, it's got to go through them. Yep. And then, and then it was confirmed again at Celebration with Matt from Lucas. When, when we saw him, we didn't meet him, but we saw him, Matt from Lucasfilm Story right. Group. Right. I think it was yeah. Matt. Either Matt or Mark. I think it was Matt. Well, but still. Was it. Was well, about man, I don't know, five six years ago now. Uh, I don't know if you guys ever heard of a challenge called script frenzy, where you try to write an entire script uh, within thirty days. I think it's, it takes place in April. It's so kind of like National Novel Writing Month. Exactly, it's sort of like the sister to that. that. And so I decided that, well, I wrote a novel in 30 days. I could do a script in 30 days. I had this great concept for a comic. I could write the script, no problem. Two days I was into it, and I was done. Just, I mean, just the script alone. I No. I, you know what? I am not about, even, you know, if I like or if I don't like, if I dislike, if I just can't even stand somebody who's a writer or artist because of their style or whatever, that's just me personally. Maybe I just don't like, them, like what they do, but I'm not going to question their qualifications because they're they're out there and they prove themselves and they're doing something that I can't do. Yeah. And that's I'm mean, still gonna respect them for it. As much as I may not like somebody, I mean the, the <laughs> undeniable truth, the undeniable truth is that they're working for Marvel and I'm not. Yeah. I mean do I think I could do a better job? All right, I'm just going to be honest. Sometimes I think I can. Right. But I promise you, it is not a, a it's not a, a proverbial bed of roses. It's not easy street. Mm-mm. You are under a tight deadline. Yep. And and thousands of dollars are on your ability to meet that deadline. Yep. Well, I mean, don't I'm just don't you're not going to work for Marvel and DC unless you work your way up. Right. Exactly. And if you're and if you are questioning somebody's qualifications for being there, especially out on social media, which is a public forum, it's going to be taken note of and you pretty much ruin any chances you might have of working for them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, now here here's the here's the cool thing. DC, I think on Monday the women editors of DC got together and made a milkshake run and selfie it on Twitter, basically telling Marvel, on you. basically telling Marvel, we got your backs. Awesome. Now, yeah, there's competition between the two companies, but yeah, they will stick up for each other. And then what? What was even better than that? Carvel Ice Cream posts a picture of a milkshake with two people sharing it, two women sharing it, and all you see is just the lips and the top of the shake with the two straws. <laughs> going where do we send them awesome uh well you can I send am, them you I can send one to kasimi justice warrior but i am so happy with this it, it, it's good to see it brings people together for once right yes yeah. now eric and i have met heather briefly at celebration lucky and right person hard worker as well because when we met up with jordan he said yeah heather wasn't here yet because she, she couldn't get away from the office 
This was on a Thursday. She came in, I think, either early morning or mid-morning on Friday. I'm not sure. Yeah. And I will tell you, yeah, she had some time where she looked around the convention, but she was working as well because they were at the... Uh, I believe her, Jordan and Heather were both at the Lucasfilm Publishers panel. They were. Obviously, they had the, the, um, um, Marvel panel on Saturday. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't, I'm not sure if she stayed on Sunday, but they were busy. She was busy. I mean, she's, I want to say she spent a good part of that trip. What we saw, I mean, a lot of it wasn't, you know, playtime. This was not, she probably had some. She might have had some playtime on the floor and whatnot, but she was working. Just as hard as Jordan was. And I, again, I, I thank Jordan for taking the time to meet with us at Celebration and, and being on here. And Heather, hopefully you are listening to this at this point. Mighty Marvel Geeks, we say make mine milkshake as well. I, I prefer vanilla. Um, but we've got your back as well. Yes, we And, do. and we have, and we, even as critical as we can be of Marvel as a whole, we still have Marvel's back. Yeah, you know, when when people we come out, we want to make Marvel better. We do. When, when we people, want to help make Marvel better. And when people come out and unjustly attack because oh, someone's a female editor or someone went out and did a milkshake run, you know what? Those people <laughs> are just jealous that they they're not in positions like you guys are in. Me personally, I'm jealous of the crews that do the different podcast over at marvel they're yeah. part of they're part of the inspiration of how mighty marvel geeks came to be as well and i would love one day hopefully it happen i would love one day to be that official unofficial pot well we are the official unofficial podcast of marvel we're officially oh, yeah. unofficial but i would love to get <laughs> the invites from marvel to to help at some of their big conventions that they appear at and help be a part of that crew that way we Please. can help run stuff to allow their people to go hit the exhibit floors and be part of that rotation. Heck yeah. Right. That that is my dream for like for this show. Dream. As dreams go, that's pretty good. So that's a real good one. Um so yeah, make make ours milkshake. Make mine milkshake. However you want to call it. Make hashtag the official ha- hashtag is hashtag make mine milkshake. Milkshakes and bro flakes. I like it. <laughs> Make my milkshakes, not bro flakes. That's right. Show title right there. <laughs> so, Sweet. Um, why don't we go ahead and move on? Some interesting. Right. Haley Atwell Moving was from the, one hardworking lady to another. No, yeah, yeah. And this was kind of interesting coming from her. It was, and, and and actually, if you guys think about it, like if we, I guess we almost have to rewind it a year and a few months. It seems like we kind of had this talk. Um, so, yeah, so uh, it seems like that uh, their comicbook.com has a really interesting story uh, from Haley Atwell opening up about uh, Agent Carter uh, being canceled. Uh, so, as we know, you know, we got two seasons and it looked like there was a possibility of a third, but that wasn't to be. Um, and so Haley Atwell opened up about it and she said it, it, the cancellation ultimately came down to politics. And this is a quote. You know Marvel and all the creators behind the making of the show loved it. And we loved it. We all loved making it, Atwell said. It was a network political thing. They wanted to put me in something mainstream conviction to get their ratings up rather than something that was more genre specific. 
specific. There were a lot of economic decisions behind it, and I wasn't part of the conversation, she continued. Uh, we were all really surprised about that because we kind of got the sense that people were liking it. It had this cult following. Atwell, Atwell finished saying, so I know they've there have been online campaigns for it, and the fact that we know that she lives until the age of 96 means that technically I could be employed for the rest of my life. And, you know, there is some truth to that. It, but, you know, we when we were talking about this on the show, and when we found out that Haley had been uh, tapped to lead uh, for the lead in Conviction, we saw the writing on the wall, and we had heard things about the feelings of certain people at ABC about the Marvel shows. And, you know, I was seriously looking forward to season three. I, I, I thought ooh. season two... We all were. Oh, go ahead. We, I, we, it was season two... Like I liked season one, don't get me wrong, but season two felt like classic Marvel, you know? <sighs> it, it like, like classic Golden Age Marvel. It, it felt like it. And I'm like, oh man, what are we going to get for season three? And nothing. See, season two was not anything what I was expecting. Not with what they said the original game plan was going to be with the seasons. Right. And I'll be honest, I like season one better than season two. Yes. Okay. Now, for those it, questioning, just, oh, for those questioning, sorry. what was the original intent? Oh, I, I apologize for stepping on you. Um, what was the original intent of the seasons? Well, season one was supposed to take place the year that it did, mm-hmm. which is what, 45, 46? Uh, it was right after World War II, so it was like, it was like 46, I believe. Season two was supposed to take place in 47. Really? Each yeah. season was supposed to be a whole new storyline, like they did, but the next year. So we got a bit of a time jump with season two then. No, mm-hmm. no. Season two only took place like a couple months later after the end of season one. Yeah. Oh. Not enough of a time jump. Got it. Right. Okay. Well, you know, the thing was, I kept thinking, I was hoping that by the time we got around to season three, we were going to finally start seeing the formation of S.H.I.E.L.D. And it kind of felt like by the time we got to the end of season two, we were starting to see that because, well, you know, we got a flying car and you're starting to see more of the fantastic side, fantastical side of things within that universe. Uh I, you know, and they took it away. I'm still, I'm still kind of salty about that. I'm not Firefly salty, but close. Well, and here's the thing. She said they wanted to put her in a mainstream series to boost their ratings. Yeah. What happened to this mainstream show? <laughs> uh, Three episodes got, uh, done? Um, yeah, 13 episodes, and that's it. It had a 19% on Rotten Tomatoes. IMDb had it 7.3. TV.com had it at 7.4. That's out of 10. So I... The thing is, yes, you're right. We saw the writing on the wall when they got her cast. And what happened? Not only did they cancel Agent Carter, what they moved her to didn't last as long as Agent Carter did. No. And at least with Agent Carter, we got a second season out of it. We did. And they had the numbers for a third season, apparently. Well, again, you 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 want to think that network executives know what they're doing. Yeah. And by and large, I would say they kind of do. But as we have seen on more than one occasion, uh, looking back in hindsight, maybe 
just maybe their decisions weren't all that good. And I think no. this this is one of them. Well, I mean, I mean, they 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 nixed this, and then they nixed Most Wanted at the same time because we were looking at we're, we were looking at a continuation of Agent Carter, and then also we were we were looking forward to getting Most Wanted, and they dropped both of them without ceremony at all. Just no, and then we end up losing two really interesting characters from Agents of Shield because of that. Well, I think you are looking at Marvel fatigue with ABC. Uh, I, th- I think I, with. I think with this, it's actually Shondaland. It's got too much pull. I believe yeah. that was uh, that was part of the conversation we had. Yeah, yep. it was. And and I still don't think that's wrong. I mean, I don't think that assessment is wrong. right. Well, we we even gave a solution on where to put Agent Carter to increase the numbers even more, and that was during yeah. the summer. Make it a summer series, mm-hmm. and then you got new original Marvel stuff coming year round. On ABC. Yep. I mean, it's okay. So, all right. So it was. So it was genre specific. So it was a period piece. So, so what? So what? So what? It was good writing. It was a good show. You had you had interesting characters with great character development, and you had a story arc that was just MCU adjacent enough. You yeah. know, just enough. I I don't know. I just I, I, you know, and, and I I know we we're sitting here. Uh, it sounds like I'm sitting here belly aching, and yeah, I am. But this was I hate to see a really good show go away for stupid reasons. You know. Yeah. You know. I, just, and and in in retrospect, it does not appear to be a good decision. No, no. no. Even so, ha- even yeah. I mean, when Haley Atwell comes out and discusses this, it was not a good decision, and she no. probably knew then. Yeah, but I mean, they can't say it. Yeah. While no. while it's happening, because yeah, it just it just they, makes it worse. Yeah, you know, I mean, you know, the thing is. It, it was the, the show was just another legal procedural show, which is no different than 12 other shows. that are the same the same way on all the other networks. And I don't know why they thought that this procedural show was special, you know, and, and you know, maybe it's because ha- having Haley Atwell on the lead and she's a good actress. Don't get me wrong. I, I enjoy I, I enjoy watching her watching her work. But at the same time, it's like if you're on if you're on a road. And you got twelve burger joints on the left and twelve burger joints on the right, and you know the only difference is that the burger joint on the left, one of them has sesame seed buns. That's not enough to make me like, oh, that's where I'm gonna go because it's got sesame seed buns. No, it's just you know we had something different, something fresh, something interesting. But because like like it was like Eric says, because of Marvel fatigue, you know they made a bad decision, and you know and they they had nothing decent to replace it with at all. And so now they're kind of stuck. Yeah. But I tell you, yeah. you know what, though? All is not lost because there are still avenues of opportunity for Haley Atwell to bring Peggy Carter back. True. Back to the MCU. And there may be a little bit more hope to that, uh, especially after uh, 
let's see, the co-president of Marvel Studios, uh, Luis Esposito, he uh, posted some pictures on Twitter with himself and Atwell. Uh, there's one where he's in the studio uh, in front of, says, uh, look who came by to visit today. As a picture of him and Haley. And then he, he uploaded a second picture of the two of them together in front of a mural of the Howling Commandos. <laughs> Still wanted on Netflix or TV. And he wrote, and he wrote on the on the tweet, standing in front of my favorite murals with one of my favorite people. Mm. Now, 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 this in and of itself does not mean a thing. She could have just been stopping by just to say hi. Could have been a social thing. But uh, and and this article is coming from comicbook.com as well. Uh, they list three films that would be a good opportunity to bring Peggy back. Uh, one of them be Ant-Man and the Wasp. Yeah. The first Ant uh, had a flashback sequence that had Peggy in it. So, you know, you could you could do another flashback. Uh, Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel, as we discussed uh, covertly last week, uh, it's set in the 90s. Yeah. So this was before she dies in, uh, in Civil War. And plus, you're going to see, you're, you're allegedly, reportedly going to see Nick Fury. So just, would this not be an, a, an awesome fanboy moment to see oh, yeah. the S.H.I.E.L.D. found interacting with the S.H.I.E.L.D. director? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there you go. Maybe she's the one who recruits him. Would that not be awesome? Oh, that would be would. so awesome. It, it would. would. Okay. Now, the uh, the third one, and I'm just going to acknowledge this is kind of a stretch, but in Infinity War, you could see her in a hallucination or her be resurrected from the dead. It can happen. Okay. Thanos wearing the Infinity Gauntlet has done this on more than one occasion. He has resurrected somebody from the dead. Uh, in the uh, Infinity Gauntlet series from uh, 91, he resurrected Nebula. Yeah. yeah. And, of course, he also killed half of the population of the Marvel Universe. But, uh, you know, hey, just that ain't nothing. Yep. So, you could, depending on how you spin it, there are three possibilities for her to come back. And the question is, did Desposito kind of hint at that? Probably. I mean, yes, it's one thing to do a social call, but you got to figure. You, you don't, if you're, if you're Haley Atwell, you don't fly across the pond and, and just pop in in Atlanta for nothing. Yeah. No. You don't pop in on the co-head of Marvel Studios just because you wanted to stop by and go, yo, bro, what's up? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's, that, that's, uh, no. Yeah. I, Thinking, mm. I'm thinking this had to this had to have some business discussion going on. Yeah, something, something. I'm I'm just saying I'm calling it. I'm calling it. They're planning something. Yeah. Now it could be she's going to show up, up in one of these movies. It could be they're talking about something completely different. That's How about? <laughs> not expand inquisition how would you feel about an agent carter animated series i'd be down for that uh i don't know if i'd be okay with that i'd rather i'd rather almost seen agent carter go to netflix maybe you know or the way netflix is doing well with with marvel why not a, if not let's possibly throw agent carter on freeform i know that that's almost a kiss of death but 
I, it's, I, it's, it couldn't be as bad as a possible cloak and dagger on Freeform. Oh, wait, sorry. Never mind. That, that's too close to home, dude. I just hope they don't ruin cloak and dagger. Now, I'm okay with New Warriors with the half-hour comedy on Freeform. But that, okay. that can be fun, as long as it's still part of canon. Okay. But um, I still think the best... You're saying that because the squirrel. That, too. Because the girl from the AT&T commercials is going to be all in her cute self with the ears and the tail. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's not who I was expecting, but I'm glad to see. I'm not it, saying it's a bad yeah. thing. If it's not, if it's not Anna Kendrick, it, it needs to be her. I can see that. Now, I still say Agent Carter though needs to be a summer series. Put it in the same. Put it on Tuesdays, just like Shield. That way, everyone's used to. Okay, this is the Marvel. This is the Marvel Day. Marvel Tuesdays. Almost wish they would do Marvel Mondays instead. Hey, right there, Marvel Mondays. ABC, if you're Monday. listening, make mine Marvel Monday. There you go. Marketing's already written for you. You're welcome. You take away what Monday. What can I say? But you're welcome. <laughs> take, take away Mondays from Shondaland, but oh, mm. then you could go there. I did go there, and then if Inhumans does well, Inhumans at nine, Agents of Shield at ten on Mondays. You do whatever, Dancing with the Stars. If you got to throw that on Monday, they could go an hour. Unless you want to start them early August, and then by the time you get to the hour show, it's over. But anyway, um, so if Agent Carter, if Haley Atwell is coming back to the MCU, um, there there was some talk briefly about whether Sharon Carter was coming back for Infinity War, but... I guess the real question is, we know with Star Wars, the way you watch Star Wars, four, five, one, two, three, six, or you go the machete way, four, five, two, three, six. You just forget about episode one. (laughs) Now, this was before Force Awakens comes about and Rogue One. So now the ways it would be would be Rogue One, four, five, six, or four, five, one, two, three, six, seven. I'm just going to put that in the trash compactor because really you either you either watch four, five, six, and then you watch the others as sequels as they were chronologically intended. Or you start with episode one, go one, two, three, rogue one, four, five, six, and then seven. Okay. But what but do we do? What do we do with Marvel? Well, I'm glad that you asked because. You're welcome. Uh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> We have an article from even better. We have an article from CNET.com that uh, gives you pretty much the the order and how to watch the MCU. Now, you don't watch them in chronological order. And honestly, this I've looked over this list and it does make a lot of sense. Okay, so you start off, of course, with Captain America: The First Avenger, Best because it takes place ever. <laughs> It, it is pretty much the start of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, even though it was not the first MCU movie put out there. Correct. Right. Okay. So it takes place World War II. Then you watch the first Iron Man. And okay. in the post credit scene, of course, Nick Fury approaches Stark about the Avengers initiative. Then the third movie is The Incredible Hulk, the one with Edward Norton. I agree. Well, I, It also I, features a cameo from Stark as well. I think the first Hulk 
is not even considered part of the MCU. No, it's not. It's not, no. Thank God. Even though they were referenced back to it in The Incredible Hulk. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. Then you go Iron Man 2. Okay. It includes footage from The Incredible Hulk, and it also has Thor's hammer in the post credit scene. Yeah. Okay. It fits right in between Incredible Hulk and Thor. Yeah. And, of course, you watch Thor next. Okay. Then you watch the first Avengers movie. Yes. Okay. So we're up to six. Yep. Then, after the first Avengers movie, you watch Iron Man 3. This is set six months after the Avengers. If you have to. <laughs> Look, it's, it's how to watch every cinematic universe film, not just watch some that you like. Okay, after Iron Man 3, you go to Thor The Dark World, which is set... Uh which is set six months after Iron Man 3. So at this point, Thor the Dark World, one year after the Avengers. Now, fast forward a year after that to two years after the Avengers, and you watch The Winter Soldier. Yep. Okay. Now here's where the here's where the time stream kind of the the it kind of gets choppy. After Winter Soldier, you watch Guardians of the Galaxy. According to graphic in Guardians of the Galaxy, the uh, it takes place 26 years after his abduction. His abduction takes place in 1988. So that means this film is set in the year 2014. Yeah. Right. Then you immediately watch Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 because it's set just three months after that. Yeah. I guess. Is it three months after that? Three months after that because you still have Groot as baby Groot. Yeah. He's just a tender young sapling at this point. Now, after Volume 2, you do Avengers Age of Ultron. Okay. Then it's Ant-Man. Okay. Yeah. And And the reason that you do that is because, you know, the the scene that shows Scott Lang trying to infiltrate the Avengers compound and he's, in, and he's by Falcon. Right. Then you move on to Captain America's Civil War. Yep. Then and this answers a question, a discussion that we had about this movie in particular. After Civil War, you watch Doctor Strange. Okay. And that does mean that when he's driving along and he says, you what have you got for me? And he says, how about a guy that's uh, paralyzed from an injury piloting a suit of armor? You put this in that sequence. You put watching Doctor Strange right after Civil War. Then, boom, he is talking about Rhodey. Yeah, but they get the rank wrong. In- okay, it's quite possible that the person that's telling him that got it wrong. Okay, we'll go that's with that. True. Okay, I mean, it's. I know it's a technicality, but we'll go with it. It's a technicality, but at the same time, I I don't really scream continuity shenanigans if it can be something that's easily explained by something like that. Right. But you also have the post credit scene featuring a cameo with Thor is setting up Ragnarok. Yeah. Okay. After Doctor Strange, you watch Spider-Man Homecoming, which is set several months after Civil War. Then you go to Thor Ragnarok, and then you go to Black Panther. Okay. Okay. So that's how to and and granted, Ragnarok and Black Panther haven't come out yet, but when right. they do, you watch them in that order. Okay. I'm not arguing with it. Well, and that I just, think, I, that, but I'm no. Go ahead. I think this this sequence makes sense. Yeah. Then it's trying to figure out Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel would, in this sequence, take place between, between Captain Cap- America, the first Avenger, and the first Iron Man movie. But what, what if the movie goes half and half, half 90s, half current time? Would, do we still put it there since it takes place most? Well, I guess so, because 
I will first Avenger then jumps to the future as well, and they're probably going to do the same type of thing. Ninety percent of the film is going to take place in the nineties with a jump to the future. Probably so. Yeah. All right. Hmm. Okay. Well, what about um, quick comic news? Okay. Okay. Uh, I'm just going to start off with this. Normally, I'm very. This is from J.C. Cunningham, who was a guest on the show. Uh, was it episode 173? Something like that. Uh, thereabouts. Uh, normally, I'm very civil about this stuff, but honestly, I'm over it. Marvel needs to stop, meet, or exceed completely. It's garbage. We shouldn't have to order stuff that won't sell in order to get what will. Bad business, period. And not taking constructive negative criticism is a huge part of the problem. Hmm. Mm. Well, what could we be talking about? Uh, sounds like something we have talked about. Uh, yeah. yeah, it sounds very similar to something we talked about. Well, why don't you take it, Kyle? Well, you know, you know, we was well, so well. You know, we've been talking about. Uh, well, well, let me get my thoughts together. All right. Use my words. Okay, so uh, a couple of three weeks ago, when we, when we had JC on, one of the things he talked about was how Marvel basically forces them. If you want this particular type of special, you have to get a book that you probably don't really want. In right. this case, uh, what we have, what we have is. Uh, if I can bring it up, there we go. So we, what we have coming up is a lenticular cover um, uh, for Marvel Legacy, and and so which we know uh, a lot of the Marvel fans are looking forward to Marvel Legacy, hopefully, and that just uh, whenever there's a reboot, that's a prime opportunity for uh, action figure uh, action figure variants then uh, special editions from Marvel artists, and so in this case we have this book that's coming up and um and so so this lenticular cover is a, a at this so the one i'm looking at this has the incredible hulk, is this one with the incredible hulk on it yeah it looks like hulk yeah. marvel and uh america yeah and so and so basically what um for, for and we know that these books are going to sell these books are definitely going to sell so in order for the shops to take advantage of these books um retail Retailers are having to uh, meet or exceed uh, the amount from the previous, I guess, like usually like the previous month. Uh, and so we have these titles that are going to be coming out. And so in order for these shops to be able to take advantage of these books, they're being forced to buy larger amounts of books that just, titles that just aren't selling. So right. something like uh, Cable and, and Defenders, um, you have to, you have a 100% meter exceed, uh, whereas something like Incredible Hulk and Invincible Iron Man, that's like 200% or uh, which is the highest, which, you know, that's a lot. Because I mean, Hulk and Iron Man, Invincible Iron Man, are both big, big, big sellers. Right. Uh, and we know that Cable Defenders, I believe they, I believe they do well, but they're obviously not doing as well as these other books. Right. Um. So yeah. So it's looking like here, uh, all fifty-three. Um. And this is from the uh, directly from the article. All, all fifty-three of the Marvel Legacy titles have a different percentage qualifier to unlock the ability for retailers to order the lenticular variant. 
variant. So I guess it looked like each of the titles has lenticular lenticular variant, but they're so you know which if you're a big shop, it, it's gonna hurt. Know, it's, it's gonna hurt the big shots, big shots because but it's you know, really, like, yeah, yeah. Well, like JC oh, said, you know, if you're a small shop and your order is ten and you've got order a hundred percent more, okay, so you order twenty, right? Then you get your variant covers. If it's the other two, okay, so you order thirty. Okay, someone like Coliseum Comics, six stores, if they order 200 copies, then they got to order 400 to, for the 100%, 800 for the other. Well, what's the point? The point is very simple. It's padding numbers. Marvel, Marvel is trying to exactly pad their numbers on titles that they don't think are going to sell. They're trying to leverage the title runs by... To, to say it's a carrot on a stick is not exactly accurate. No. It's not like, hey, if you sell X amount of this title, you get its variant. No. It's like you got to sell X amount on something else. Yeah. Yeah. And... You know, it's it's one thing like, okay, let's say let's say Defenders or Luke Age or I don't know, Champions. Uh okay, so let's say those books, you know, you, there, there there's an audience for those books. Not as big an audience as say Steve Rogers Captain America or Black Panther for that matter. Right. Well, you know what? Yeah, I'll I'll say Black Panther that matters. So, and like you said, for the smaller shops, you know, a hundred percent of twenty, no, is no. So, okay, so you're having to get forty books instead of twenty. Truth is, eventually, you you may not get rid of all the books, but you'll be able to move them once you get them and put them into your uh, the, the the bins, you know, and <sighs> you know, especially if somebody's looking to fill holes, maybe. But uh, I I'm gonna say not the, I'm gonna say go back and take a listen to what. JC had to say about these when we brought it up then. Uh, moving, no, moving right. the moving the back issues because once these go into the back issues, moving the back issues has been difficult. So you know what you're right. Um, and, then, and now, now here's something, and I I have to bring this up now. DC DC's recent uh, lenticular variants. And this is directly from a uh, Newsarama article as well. Uh, for the button crossover, had no sales qualifier. According, uh, allowing readers to order Mary or the lenticular ver- cover. DC's lenticular covers however, were priced a dollar over the primary non-lenticular covers. Right. Now, Marvel is keeping their lenticular cover price uh, price point the same as the primary cover, although the retailer discount is slightly less. Yeah, but I, th- I think the I think the uh, it's still going to be up to the LCS, local comic book shop, to decide if it's going to be up more or not, depending on how many they get in, supply right. and demand. So, well... Speaking yeah, no, of comic, speaking of comic book shop, let's uh, let's get into our picks of the week. Uh, Eric, why don't you start us off? Okay, my first pick of the week is in a different window. All right, <laughs> my first pick of the week is Deadpool kills the Marvel Universe again. Number three of five, written by Cullen Bunn, art by Delabor Talayic. I think that's how you pronounce it. Dude, you, you are welcome to come on the show and correct me. Uh, Gwenpool, Moon Knight, Ms. Marvel, The Guardians, Moon Girl, and Devil Dinosaur. Bad news, buddy. They're all, all going to die in here. It's right there in the title. Buy the ticket. Take the ride. Okay. Uh, Kylan, why don't you go next? All right. So uh, my first pick of the week is Defenders number four. 
Um, and the uh, my screen is just going a little slow. I'll have it up a second. Um, okay, so the the writer is Cleveland's own Brian Michael Bendis. Uh, the art is by David Marquez, and the covers by David Marquez. The streets of the Marvel universe have exploded into chaos, and the only thing standing in between the innocent people of New York and that chaos are the defenders. But can a group of socially maladjusted heroes actually trust each other enough to continue as a team? Can the defenders partner up with a stranger in a devil costume? And what is a diamond? What is Diamondback's big plan? Okay. Well, my first pick of the week is um, the unbeatable Squirrel Girl number twenty-three. Speaking of new warriors. <laughs> Uh, writer is Ryan North. Artist is Erica Henderson. Remember last issue when we went to the Savage Land, the nature preserve full of dinosaurs? Guess what? We're still in the amazing Savage Land, and there's more dinosaurs. Will Squirrel Girl fight a dinosaur? Will Squirrel Girl fight two dinosaurs? Will we come up with a really ex- excellent reasons why these fights would be taking place? Reasons that both justify the fights while also telling the story of what led to the dinosaur punching smash up. A story which, even though it stars dinosaurs and squirrel girls, contains within it the chance for us to recognize, perhaps for the first time, our most personal and secret selves. Of course, we will. That's literally our job. This issue also features jokes and a supervillain who's causing major problems. So it's the complete package, really. This is why this is why I love Squirrel Girl. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Eric, your number two pick. My number two pick is Rocket Number Four, written by Al Ewing and art by Adam Gorham, with Mike Mayhew as the cover artist. On the lamb and in the gutter, Rocket needs cash. Lots of it, and yesterday. That means Tommy guns at dawn as Rocket steals from an interplanetary mobster who makes the kingpin look like Aunt May. Guest starring Deadpool, the sad clown of space. Yeah, buy it, see? Colin, your number two pick. Uh, my number two pick is uh, Secret Empire number eight. Uh, the writer is uh, Nick Spencer. Sorry, Eric. Art is uh, by Daniel Arcuna, Acuna, and the cover is by Mark Brooks. United we stand against the secret empire. And that's it. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, my, well, my second pick of the week is Star Wars Dr. Aphra number 11. Writer is Karen Gillian. Artist is Kev Walker. Aphra's mission to make quick credits by auctioning off an ancient Jedi artifact is going to plan. And that's all I got. Can I say how much I'm loving this series? <laughs> Screaming Citadel was amazing, by the way, as well. So, um, Eric, your third pick of the week. My third pick of the week is Inhumans Once in Future Kings number one of five. Written by Christopher Priest, art by Phil Noto, and cover art by Nick Bradshaw. Someday all of this will be yours. A king in training, a brother destined for greatness. Excuse me, uh, did I say greatness? I meant to say madness. A brother destined for madness. These are the early days of the Boltagon legacy. When the king of the Inhumans is attacked, Black Bolt and Maximus spring into action 
action to save their leader. But when Black Bolt loses control, what are the consequences for his future kingdom or his own family? Plus, a two-page backup in every issue, starring Lockjaw as told by the unbeatable Squirrel Girl writer Ryan North and artist supreme Gustavo Duarte. Okay. Kyle, on your final pick of the week. My final pick of the week is Hulk number nine. The writer is... Uh, are you going to do it... <laughs> <laughs> oh my god okay anyway hulk, hulk number nine uh writer is mariko tamaki art is by george duarte and the cover is by john tyler christopher hey friend of the show there yep. valley of the hulks when a drug hits the street that publicly transform a man into a hulk-like monster jennifer walter steps in, in to investigate will jennifer find an antidote to the transformation or will the drug and its horrific effects continue to spread guest starring patsy walker aka hellcat were you waiting for something like this i was waiting for number nine number nine (laughs) of course it's gonna be slow loading up although see seeing jennifer walker jennifer walters going to full-on hulk mode that's kind of scary too because it's not the same as she hulk but you know number nine number nine Number nine. <laughs> <laughs> well, my final pick of the week is Star Wars Rogue One Cassian and K2SO special s- number one. Uh, writer is Dwayne Serwinski. Uh, Fernando Blanco is the artist. Cassian Andor is one of the top intelligent agents in the ranks of the Rebel Alliance, ably assisted by his reprogrammed Imperial security droid K2SO. But naturally, the two weren't always on the same side of the galactic civil war. Now, for the first time, read the story of the pair's first contentious meeting. It's likely not to go very well. And I'm excited for this book. You had to pick it. The captain said so. Yes, I did. (laughs) So uh, let's quickly hit our Marvel Unlimited pick, which is also going to be our... um, our book club pick. We are bringing that back after okay. our long absence. Well, this is kind of uh, tying into some of our discussion from earlier, particularly our discussion revolving around Infinity War. This is Infinity Gauntlet number one, and it was uh, published in 1991, uh, written by Jim Starlin, art by George Perez, uh, pencils, inks by Joseph Rubenstein and Tom Christopher. Uh, artist, uh, excuse, those were the artist colorist max shiel and ian laughlin so uh yeah this is pretty much where we see infinity war coming from yeah uh yeah this has been you've been leading up to this in the comics with uh with thanos uh uh, acquiring the infinity gems yeah now that he's got them he's put them all together on his gauntlet so now he has the power of god and you start out he is contemplating what what is to be done and he finds that the answer is pretty simple that answer being anything he freaking wants pretty much so um that's about as far as i'm gonna go because because you know we could talk about it in book club when we next convene it and, Which uh, will be the beginning of September. Set beginning of September, and it is in Marvel Unlimited. Awesome. I haven't checked to see if the others in this series are, but really, this is this is where you really need to wa- you read this before Infinity War comes out. If not, it definitely. I think the whole collected volume, trade paperback wise, is so. 
Well, guys, I think that's going to wrap it up for us this week. Um, on behalf of us, the Intrepid Trio, uh, again, I'm going to say make mine milkshake. Anything else? Make mine milkshake, too. Uh, make mine milkshake, three. All wrapped up here, sir. Will there be anything else? No, just time to go dark. I, I just... This is when internet gets too crazy. When we have idiots. There's a lot of IDTNT error codes going on with social justice warriors. Not saying what I'm saying. But well, you this know, time, I'm kind of on the side of the social justice warriors. On the social justice what? But I'm kind of on their side at this point because these were trolls. They needed to be put down. Right. But the problem is those trolls were the social justice warriors. They brought out a new breed of warriors to counter them. That's true. Instead of shadow hunters, it's the anti-troll hunters. (laughs) Bro flakes. All I got to say is... All you bro flakes eat your cornflakes.